everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm Julie Mullins, and I just want to thank you for joining us today for the last episode of our season one. You know, this has been so much fun hearing from many of you about how much this podcast has been speaking to you and just giving you an encouraging word, maybe when you need it the most. And we are really excited that we're going to be jumping into season two on the first Monday of February. So make sure you mark your calendars. It's right around the corner, and we would really love to hear more from you. So if you have any questions about life or leadership or relationships, because remember, this is all about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. You can just text the word sisterhood to 441-441, and we would love to get back to you and answer some of those questions on future episodes. Well, I am so excited because I have a really special guest that I really shouldn't call a guest. You're more like family. The the amazing Irene Rollins is here today, and she just preached the word at Christ Fellowship a couple weeks back. She's part of our teaching team alongside her husband, Jimmy. She's married to a pastor. She is a pastor. She's a certified coach in emotional intelligence. She's a mom of three amazing kids, and she recently, along with her husband, launched Two Equals One, which is an incredible Ministry for Marriages. Irene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. This is such an honor. It's so exciting. You know, hey, this has been a big year for you guys, Mm -hmm. launching a ministry and lots of other things that have happened. And we're nearing the end of 2021. It's always a time at the end of a year to reflect on the past and then look forward to the future. And as you look back on 2021, it's been such a big year. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) the 2021 might as well have been called year of transition, like the biggest transition of transitions of my life happened in 2021. It's literally my middle name. (laughs) And (laughs) um, my kids transitioned to college. So my son graduated from high school. So now I have two in college. Um, I'm almost an empty nester because I only have one at home. What a transition having one child at home. Yeah. It has been um, just rocked our worlds in a good way. I thought I would be devastated, but it's actually been wonderful being able to focus on my one child. Right. And to be honest with you, I was really ready for the other two to leave. <laughs> <laughs> After spending like the year of COVID with everybody, I think it was just time for them to fly. Yes, yes. <laughs> leave the leave the coop. <laughs> That's our job to prepare them yeah. right for the future. And but I have to say mm-hmm. that um, that you guys. They're down here in Florida at mm-hmm. Southeastern, and yeah. I see that you're spending a lot more time down here too. We so are. I know you guys are missing them. Yes, but mm-hmm. it's been wonderful because as we transitioned our kids, we also transitioned our church. Mm-hmm. So we were leading a church for over ten years, and um, the Lord literally called us to transition leadership to another couple, mm-hmm. and we merged churches. 
and the church is now called Union Church, and it is thriving under their leadership, and it's absolutely amazing and going to places that Jimmy and I don't feel like we could have taken it (laughs) because God called this couple to do what they're doing, and he transitioned us, like you said, to lead a marriage ministry. Mm -hmm. So we literally um, heard God speak to us, not in an audible voice, but to our spirits, that we uh, were to give up our stage so that we could help others stay on theirs. Wow. So we feel called to help pastors and leaders um, in their marriages, and uh, strong marriages equal strong communities and strong churches. So we believe that God wants to use our story of how we've overcome so much and our family's gotten stronger through hardship to help others. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just fun. A lot of transition. Wow. Yeah. We'll have to have you and Jimmy come back and just do an episode all about what's going on in 2 equals 1. But we'll make sure we put all that information in the show notes for everyone out there. Another thing that's exciting is the fact that we are we have transitioned uh, in terms of being a part of the the Christ Fellowship teaching team. Jimmy and I are so excited about that, um, so honored to be a part of the team and buying a home here in Florida. We're going to be Floridians. So, yes, yeah. Talk about transition. It's just been transition. It has been a lot. But you know what I love? You said something um, a few minutes ago where where you heard God, mm-hmm. like you sought Him, mm-hmm. you heard Him, and it had to have been difficult giving up something that you had invested 10 years of your yeah. life in. But when God spoke, He also made a way. So I right. think that's such a word for so many of us who mm-hmm. are afraid to transition from where we are mm-hmm. to where we believe God's calling us, mm-hmm. because a lot of times we're nervous about what what's going to happen to what we're leaving behind or maybe what we built. And God had Stephen and Zai Chandler just yeah. waiting there for mm-hmm. for what the next season. So he took care of you. He took care of, of I-5 Church, which is yes. now Union Church, and it's pretty cool to it's see that. It's really cool to see that. I love it. And yeah. we're excited about having you here in Florida a lot yeah. more. So. That's awesome. so much fun. So we're 100% still uh, a part of the teaching team there at Union right. and um, just love our family over there and just excited to be able to uh, kind of uh, travel more, yeah. but yet stay planted in two or three places mm-hmm. and do what God's called us to do. As long as we're obedient, yep. I feel like I'm in God's sweet spot yeah. and I'm good. Yeah. Well, you guys are. It's been amazing to watch. Well, you know, a couple of weeks back, you and I had lunch together because you were celebrating a really significant mile marker yeah. in your journey, six mm-hmm. years of sobriety. Yes. I shout out. It was amazing. And I was just so honored to just mm-hmm. be able to take you to lunch that day because you were here in Florida. And, you know, over these this last year also, mm-hmm. alongside of all these other transitions, it's been really cool to watch God raise you up as a voice in this area um, of helping people overcome their hurts their habits and their hangups. And I love this because, you know, a lot of times hurts, habits, hangups, addictions, you know, mm-hmm. let's get real here. Um, yeah. There, many times they stay hidden in the church world. It's mm-hmm. like there's a wall almost like, hey, yeah, celebrate recovery meets over there mm-hmm. across the street, separate, like for yeah. those people. And you have just really come in and torn down that wall. I mean, really helping men and women know that alcoholism and addiction doesn't always look like what we think it does. And I would just love for you to share a little bit of your story. Sure. Um, So I thought I had to have it all together. Like you said, Mm -hmm. in the church world, I was here leading. I was a mom, um, 
leading a church alongside my husband, and uh, I didn't have it all together. And I began falling apart in my mid-30s. I call it having a bit of a breakdown, an emotional breakdown. And it was a result of um, undealt with pain, Mm -hmm. undealt with uh, trauma from my past that I had not uh, dealt with, faced, accepted. Um, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to handle my emotional world. And life kept happening, even though my past had happened. So Mm -hmm. it was almost like a buildup of um, all of these bricks. So each trauma represented a brick that I kept putting in a backpack. And I was just overloaded by the time I got into my mid-30s and began abusing alcohol, not because I woke up in the morning and said, hey, I want to become an alcoholic, but I was clueless to how addiction worked. And when I started adding alcohol back into my life in my 30s, because I thought it wasn't a big deal. Little did I know that the alcoholic was actually developed when I was 10, when I was first introduced to alcohol and began abusing it alcoholically, binge drinking drinking up through um, 21 when I uh, came into my relationship with Jesus and I quit everything. Wow. So when I added it back in, in my 30s, I didn't realize that I would so, I would very quickly develop a dependence to alcohol, which led me to rehab and um, almost lost my family, lost my children, almost lost my marriage, um, but God, but rehab. <laughs> Thank God I um, for people who intervened and got me to rehab and basically 40 days into rehab, came home on Christmas Eve and my family's never been the same. They've been a part of my healing journey and um, I have brought them into every step of my recovery. And as a result, we have transitioned what used to be dysfunction into function. Yeah, And it's a result of um, really just owning ugliness, owning dysfunction all along the way, and being able to model and show my kids that you know, hey, mom drinking and dad and mom arguing all the time was not normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they started to think that that was normal to the point where they thought, why is mom going to rehab? What for? <laughs> because me drinking to blackout was their normal. And um, it wasn't until I got back that we began to uh, heal as a family and they started to see that that's not healthy. Wow. And this, mm-hmm. we started to create a new normal. Right, right. Wow. You know, that's that's amazing. One of the things that you said that I think is important to note is that um, that our past doesn't stay in our past. Mm-hmm. If we don't deal with it, it does come up, comes you know, um, later on in mm-hmm. life. And and I think for a lot of people, it doesn't always manifest itself, maybe in addiction um, sure. or alcoholism, but there was a lot of things that as we have spoken about your journey that, um, that you learned in rehab and in yeah. counseling that isn't just for people who are dealing mm-hmm. with, you know, with with addictions, and right. what are, what would be a, a couple of the top two lessons that you learned on this journey? Sure. That you go, wow, this isn't just for me. This really is for everyone. Because every time yeah. you share something, I'm sitting here going, yeah, that that's me. I need that too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I would say right now, my top two things: when you remove alcohol from the picture, when you remove the addiction, what was the thing that caused? me to drink. Mm -hmm. I would say codependency, Mm -hmm. because codependency is um, uh, an issue that stems from our childhood dysfunction. So we, we, in essence, um, the way we are raised, the way we are parented becomes insecure. 
So we are an insecure child. So then we grow up into these adults who don't have a good relationship with ourselves. So Mm -hmm. we take care of everyone else before we take care of ourselves. We burn ourselves out. We have others' esteem, um, which is why I drank, because I was miserable on the inside because I took care of everyone else and never acknowledged myself, Mm. ignored, didn't honor myself, my emotions, didn't know how to express them. but then, so codependency and pastor's wife, oh my gosh, the best profession, profession for a codependent. <laughs> take There's yeah. so many people to take mm-hmm. care of. So uh, that so I would say codependency, having others' esteem, which is um, other people's opinion of me, is how I felt about myself. Wow. So I was controlled by my family of origin mm-hmm. and how they felt about me. That's what how I made decisions for my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second part of that, it creates unhealthy attachments. So literally picture an insecure child is now an adult. And how does that past come up into the, into the present? It's called you're married and you're wondering why you feel like a nine-year-old child when you're in an argument with wow. your spouse. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that because I was needless, wantless, and because I wasn't allowed to share my emotions in my childhood, I freeze in my adulthood Mm -hmm. when I'm in a hard conversation with my husband. And that's my work. It's not his fault. Um, This dance that we get into in our marriage, Mm -hmm. um, where we feel like we're going in circles, and I know there are people out there who experience the same thing, where you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm in a dance. Is this ever going to change? The same thing keeps happening over and over. Um, I would just um, recommend looking into your attachments. Like Jimmy is very much a a person who wants love and is going to go get it, and I'm the island. I isolate and Mm -hmm. I move away because I've had to take care of myself in my childhood. And I... So I'm, I don't need what he needs. So anyway, mm-hmm. you start the stance. So attachment, mm-hmm. attachment issues is yeah. like my latest thing that I'm wow, studying. That's so good. You know, um, I, I love what you said. You said this is my work, but I, I also saw that as you began to do some work, that actually inspired Jimmy. Yeah. To also do mm-hmm. some work because even though he did not have the same issues or the same needs that right. you had that God was wanting to deal with some things in him too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've spoken before and you have spoken openly about some of the pain that your journey um, inflicted on people that you cared about, that you were close to, your kids, your husband. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, it could be really easy to carry regret and shame around with you. And I, I think all of us, like going into 2022, right? There, we, if we look back on this year, there are probably some some regrets that we all have. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to somebody that's dealing with the regret of maybe saying some things that they shouldn't have said or feeling like they weren't the parent that they, they should have been or living in the aftermath of some bad decisions? What would you say to, to that person? I would say um, acknowledge the pain you caused. Making amends is mm-hmm. first and foremost, uh, I think, the first step in healing uh, and coming making coming full circle from uh, grief, from regret. Um, you know, I think that gr- grief and regret are can feel very similar, mm. but there is a difference. See, grief is no- normal and it leads us to be able to accept loss. So it's okay for me to grieve the fact that I feel like I lost years 
of connection that I could have had been having with my children. Um, instead, I was disconnected from them and isolated because I was drinking and numbing and it separated me from them. But regret is feeling uh, fat, sad or disappointed, something that we've missed. Mm-hmm. And I don't regret the fact that we've been through the trials and tribulations that we've been through. Mm-hmm. Because if I regret that, then I... I mean, my goodness, I wouldn't have what I have today if we hadn't right. gone through that. Right. I wouldn't have known what health looked like mm-hmm. until I hit rock bottom in mm-hmm. my unhealth. So um, when I go to my children and I ask for their forgiveness and I, I um, go into their world and experience their pain from their point of view when it comes up. So it, it, the first six months out of rehab when I'd have to hear the stories of the pain they experienced, mm-hmm. it was so hard. Yeah. It almost took me out. But now it's become such a regular thing for us to be able to emote and share emotions about when we get triggered or there's a memory. It's such commonplace and healing happens instantly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we have these conversations. We had some over Thanksgiving that were absolutely amazing. And um, because we've practiced and done the work as a family to be intentional about connecting sharing our emotions, and being honest. Yeah, I think that's that's so important. You know, connecting, sharing your emotions, being honest, you know, not wallowing in shame or past regrets, mm-hmm. but but having, this is, none of this is easy. I mean, no. this is all, and I think that's not just with our children or our spouse, but, you know, that same pattern could be within our friendships, you know, mm-hmm. regrets that we might have in friendships or regrets that we have at work. Of course, they're not as deeply emotional mm-hmm. as um, as what you've walked through but as we you know a, as you um, as, as you grieve some of the things in the past and you have the honest conversations I think that's where healing yeah. begins you know one of the things that struck me most on the day of your six-year celebration was a, a Instagram post that your daughter your 16 year old daughter mm-hmm. Maya um, put out there and she she well, one of the things that she said was that that um, that she would not trade her childhood. That she would not trade her childhood because of what you guys have together today. Mm-hmm. She said so much more. I I was actually just blown away. But um, but what I see here is just so much resilience. Yeah. And I think that after a hard journey like what you've been through, resilience is so important. But what have you done to invest in the resilience of your children, mm-hmm. right? And then um, and then again, how could those of us listening be able? Can we apply some of those lessons into um, into making our relationships more resilient? Sure. Um, I think for us, I had to acknowledge that trauma was real. Mm-hmm. But so is resilience. Mm-hmm. So acknowledging the trauma and the pain I caused was not an easy feat. I don't know about you, but how many people actually want to acknowledge that they make mistakes in their parenting? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I hurt my kids. Like, yeah. who wants to admit that? Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to hear the impact of a choice they made or something they said and how it made their child feel? No one wants to feel that right. pain. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, if you choose to take the brave step to listen, uh, empathize, whether you understand or not with the way your child received mm-hmm what they heard from you, the message that they received, whether you intended it or not, 
the consciously or unconsciously, the message that they heard may have caused them pain. Mm-hmm. When you acknowledge that thing, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, the healing that comes to your child and to yourself right. in making that amends is so powerful. And um, I think that my ch- children's resilience came from practicing that. Now, breaking family dysfunction is so hard, we had to be in counseling. We mm-hmm. needed a counselor to help facilitate that work. So when we got strong in doing it in front of a counselor, we were intentional mm-hmm. about it and practicing it at home. And now it comes second nature. Mm-hmm. We could be driving down the road, in the kitchen, washing dishes, and we're just having conversations in the way that we've been taught. I did a lot of reading and research on trauma. It's an impact because I needed to understand not just what happened to me, but how I impacted my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to really, every child in the house is so different. Right. So they needed something different mm-hmm. at the different seasons. So different seasons of development. I noticed that um, some of them remember things that the others don't. So mm-hmm. w- over this past Thanksgiving, we sat down and we actually talked about some things that one of them didn't remember. And there were a lot of tears in the room mm-hmm. because they it, light bulbs went off. Now I understand why mom doesn't let me go to sleepovers. Now I understand why mom has issues with such and such and such. Like, it's like it made all the puzzle pieces come together. So I would say, if I had to summarize it, it would be counseling. Mm -hmm. That those family meetings where we had open, honest dialogue about our emotions and um, maybe how we, someone else's emotions impacted us. Mm -hmm. Um, And we made amends. We are quick to acknowledge when we've hurt someone Mm -hmm. and ask for forgiveness. Wow. And I think that has broken generational curses (laughs) over our family. Yeah, that is so good. You know, um, I love what you said, how your kids are all different. And sometimes I think that we love people the way that we want to be loved. And, you know, really like true love, God's Mm -hmm. love, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 love is really about loving people the way they need to be loved and mm-hmm. um, and going you know being intentional about that and I think I think when I when I hear your story Irene you're like the poster child for something that I say a lot and I don't say it lightly because I really do believe it that it's never too late to be who you could have been yes. and I believe that mm-hmm. over the last 6 years you have become who you could have been yeah and it's so beautiful. And but that doesn't happen. Resilience doesn't happen by mm-hmm. chance. I think sometimes people think, oh, kids will bounce back or you know, but yeah. it, it happened with intentionality. Mm-hmm. It happened when you got a plan. It happened when you got serious about your own healing journey. Mm-hmm. And then serious about, you know, just just actually I think um when I when I think about it, it's almost like there's there should probably be a whole program recovery for regrets. <laughs> just yeah, recovery sure. from regrets because mm-hmm. there's habits hangups and hurts, but there's mm-hmm. also the regrets. And you just yeah. really kind of gave us a um, an outline of how to do that. Well, we're going to turn kind of a, a corner here sure. um, because, again, we're looking at a new year and a fresh yeah. start. And it's really beautiful because we've been talking about this fresh start that you got six years ago. Yeah. And it didn't, it wasn't just a, you know, you decided to do it and Oh, fresh start, and it's been a bed of roses the whole way. <laughs> but um, but there has been a lot of um, a lot of a, a lot of pain in the journey. Um, but also to be 
be here and to be walking in the victory um, that you have. It's just been so beautiful. But, you know, we do look at the new year as kind of new beginnings. And and as you look forward in this next year, do you have any New Year's resolutions? (laughs) So I am so not into resolutions because I think you and I have been chatting about about this. this. Like the statistics say that by what, February 1st? 97%. Of New Year's resolutions are broken by Valentine's Day. That's not very encouraging. No, it is not at all. Mm -hmm. So what I do is um, rather than doing something that I'm going to fail at, if Mm -hmm. the the statistics show (laughs) that um, the failure rate, I would rather um, position myself to pray and hear from God about what he wants me to focus on in terms of expectation for the upcoming Mm -hmm. year. So about this time in December, I'm reflecting on the past year and I'm... Um, looking forward into the new year with expectation. And I typically ask the Lord for a word, um, a scripture, or mm-hmm. a one word yeah. that I can speak over my year and believe Him and center my prayers and my focus around. And it's funny because the past two years, I've had the same uh, scripture wow. over my year. And uh, in and this upcoming year, I have a new one, but it's been in the past two years, the Lord gave me the word um, something new. And it's out of Isaiah 43, 18. Yeah. Forget all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forget all it's that. It's nothing yeah. compared to what yeah. I'm going to do. Yeah. And he's been blowing my mind wow. with his something new. Yeah. So I like to literally reflect on the past two years, all the new stuff. Didn't I tell you all the transition yeah. I'm in? Yeah. He has blown my mind with immeasurably more than I could have ever asked thought, prayed, or imagined Mm -hmm. in terms of the new thing that he's done. Yeah. I never would have thought I'd be here. Yeah, I I know. I I, I know. I'm, I look at you and I'm going. I can't believe that you're here. When I hear your story, it's just almost two different Irenes. I mean, yeah. God has just done such a new thing, mm-hmm. you know. And and one of the things I remember when we were talking about this earlier, you talked about um, just that that when you look at the new year, and I, and I mean, even the idea of resolutions. I love the idea of it the because is resolution is rooted in this expectation. Yeah, this expectation that something new is actually possible. Mm-hmm. But you shared something with me. You said you don't just you know think about what what you're what you're expecting God to do but but you also do something else what is that yes so i write down mm-hmm. a list of what i am expecting yeah. so and i'm believing God for the something yeah. new i remember a couple years ago i i, I wanted new friends mm-hmm. and there were some people that um i andy andrew wanted to yeah. meet her i put her at the top of my list let me tell you something by the end of january that year god had given me an opportunity to meet her. Now we're besties. Yeah. Like we're really close friends. Like I, the list goes on and on and on. What I present to the Lord in prayer that it's like an an expectation joined with, I wrote it on a piece of paper. So my mm-hmm. faith, faith without works is dead. So I have written it down. I am um, believing God for it. I'm praying over it every day. And uh, I'm telling you, it's like things come together in the atmosphere and yeah. like, whatever's the will of the Lord just happens. And I've been grateful for that. Yeah, I think it's so important to write it down, especially mm-hmm. looking at the new year. I, I was thinking about that verse in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And in the message translation, it says this, and then God answers, as he always does, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so it can be read on the run 
the vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. And so, so when good. God, you know, when God speaks to you about certain things that he actually wants to do in our mm-hmm. lives or when we have prayers, I think it is so important to write it down cuz writing it down brings clarity. It yeah. just brings clarity and and so And you say know, that part again about wait, write it in block write letters. It, write it out in big block letters so it can be read on the on run. On the run. Right? So you can, yeah. you know, write it in big so even just carrying that around those yeah. things that you're expecting God Means for. We need to be reminded. Things that we need to be reminded, <laughs> you know, because come February, March, you yeah. kind of forget those things you wrote mm-hmm. down. Um, a couple years back, I I kind of had a, a kind of a shift in my mindset about sure. resolutions because, you know, I I I too also have broken a few resolutions and you know I'm thinking oh I'm going to you know I'm going to be in the best shape of my life I'm going to mm-hmm. you know write a book this year yeah. and I'm going to I'm going to never go shopping again all in you know all yeah. and I think I'm going to accomplish all that and mm-hmm. then again February 14th I'm like oh I've already been shopping right. and, and you know um and and I've only worked out a couple of times but mm-hmm. you know I I started to look at it a little bit differently and mm-hmm. because resolutions is really about doing something you've always wanted to do mm-hmm. exercise more spend less write a book but when you think about being resolved instead mm-hmm. of you know instead of doing something you've always wanted to do thinking about the the someone that you've always wanted to be mm. and that goes back to what i said yeah. earlier it's never too late to be who you could have been that's right and you know in 2022 i i want to get closer mm-hmm. to being the woman that that God has created me to be, and so for me, you know, resolutions are do goals, and being resolved is all about who goals. And so mm. I've just started thinking about, you know, who do I want to be? You know, I want to be a mom that my kids can count on, and so that meant that I had to go into my calendar and you know set some priorities of things that um, that that we're going to have to shift a little That's bit. So good, and you know, one of the things was just my own personal health. For you know, for several years, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but. I just ignored my own health. I, you know, mm. I did not go to yearly exams. I just got so busy. I let life, you know, and, and if mm. I want to be a mom that my kids can count on. Yeah. And I want to fulfill the call that God's placed on my life and God's placed a call on each of our lives. Sure. I needed to pay more attention to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started um, just, again, little do-goals. And one mm-hmm. of them was, this is so silly, but, you know, I just thought, you know what, in January, I'm just going to add one new habit in yeah. both of those areas. And one of them had to do with putting in a family night, you know, every yeah. week. And the second one was, you know, I just decided I'm going to start taking vitamins every day. And that sounds so silly, but oh, no. and not a really big goal. But um, but honestly, like six months in, I'm like, okay, I I conquered this one, so mm-hmm. now I'm ready for another one. So I didn't have to wait for the new year. And so you know, there are just so I want to write a book, but you know what the truth is, if I don't, you know, if I don't write a few pages, I'm probably never sure. going to get to a book. So mm-hmm. about six months in, it was like, okay, I'm going to journal. I'm going to journal for three minutes a day. <laughs> and that doesn't sound like very much, but honestly, You're I, writing. you know, I'm writing every single day now and, you know, it's not a book, but I'm getting closer to, you That's know, the, right. who I want to become. I, you know, I, I have some declarations of who I want to become and then being able to put in some habits and some, you know, Something. and some goals underneath those instead of, instead of, again, what I want to do is about who I want to become. So, um, well, listen, this has been so much fun. And at the end of every podcast, we've kind of ended it the same way in season one. And, um, and we, we've talked about actually your scripture for the last couple of years that, okay. that God is always doing a new thing. I love it. He wants to do a new thing. And mm. he's, this, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He is the Ancient of Days, mm. but He's always doing new things. And so we've ended the podcast um, with whoever's been the guest and talking about what is the now word? What is God speaking to your heart now, December 2021, getting ready to go into 2022? Okay, well, I, first of all, I love the new thing. I almost don't want to let go of it know, because right? it's been so good. Um, but God's been speaking to me about Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7 this mm-hmm. year for 2022. 20, uh, and this is what it says. Do you mind if I read no, it? No, please do. Okay, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to the captives. He has exiled to Babylon from Jer- Jerusalem. Build homes plan to stay, Yeah. plant gardens, and eat the food they produce, marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that they, you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, it says, exclamation mm. point. Do not dwindle away, exclamation point, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you to exile. Yeah. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Mm-hmm. I am here to serve this city, Aww. and I am uh, going to build yeah. and uh, plant and eat from the garden that's produced <laughs> here. And mm-hmm. this is the word. And I believe that God's going to multiply. I'm going to have grandchildren. I'm not, like I feel <laughs> that um, my kids uh, spiritually are going to benefit from mm-hmm. our being planted. Wow! And um, I, I'm just really ex- excited about. Uh, what we're going to experience in 2022, because I know that God's promises are true. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, I feel this call and this excitement about Celebrate Recovery in this yeah. area. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> my heart is so full because yeah. I know that if God has done what he's done in my life and my family to this degree, six years in, can you imagine in, the, in this new assignment mm-hmm. as we invest in the city and in the ground and the soil he's called us to. I can't imagine yeah. the multiplication, the prosperity of the city and how my family's going to benefit yeah. from it too. That's not why I do it. I do it out of obedience to the Lord, but I know his promises absolutely, and how yeah. it benefits my family. So. Wow. I love that. I love yeah. that. And obedience will always benefit mm-hmm. our families. And, you know, I love that because... Um, we say a lot around here that if what we do inside the church doesn't impact this region outside the walls of our church, then we have just wasted a lot of time. And so, you know, we're believing with you that God wants to bring hope, restoration, yes. peace. He wants mm-hmm. to bring the abundant, full life that Jesus came to give to people in this region and beyond whatever yeah. region anyone's you know listening from today that that scripture is so powerful mm-hmm. in the first few verses of Jeremiah I would enc- I would encourage you to make sure Jeremiah chapter 29, 29 verses, verses 4 through 7 4 through 7 I would encourage you to read those verses such a powerful word for the coming year well this has been so great Irene and this is not the last time you'll be with us I can't wait to have you and Jimmy right. back um, in, in the next season and hey if you're listening and if you need some information about two equals one, I'm also going to be putting some of my favorite book recommendations out there um, on our show notes. And also remember that season two of the So Good Sisterhood podcast is going to be dropping on the first Monday in February. So we can't wait to catch up with all of you then. You can send any questions that you might have about intentional living, 
confident leadership or building strong relationships, you can send those questions in by texting the word sisterhood to 441-441. Well, hey, everyone, have a happy new year, a Merry Christmas, and we can't wait to see you in February. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. Good.